0: Welcome to Cruxcast. Whether you're in your car, at work, or at home, we hope you enjoy this interview. And if you do, you can find more like it on cruxinvestor.com. So please subscribe. We speak today to Mark Chalmers, CEO of Energy Fuels. We discuss the US House Appropriations Committee decision to block funding to the Uranium Reserve for the US, uh, what are the implications for the market and for the company. We also look at the convertible debenture, which they've just paid down 50% of. The balance is due in December this year. Uh, we discuss how he's going to deal with that. We also look at rare earths opportunities. Um, he tells us to uh, watch this space because we think there might be something big coming down the line with um, their agreement with um, Neo. And um, some of their advisors, Konstantin Karianopoulos, who we've talked about in the past. Um, we look at the White Mesa Mill. Mark informs us that there are no tolling agreements with any companies um, at the moment. And um, he actually wants people to stand down from saying that there might be. Uh, plus, we also look at m a opportunities for the company and what his thoughts are with regards to ASX companies coming into the US and buying up uranium assets. Enjoy the podcast. Mark Charmer's, how are you doing, sir?
1: Very good, Matt. How are you?
0: I'm, I'm excellent. I'm excellent. So I haven't sort of spoken to you since you you we were at that OZ IMM online virtual conference together. Um, how did that go?
1: It went really well, Matt. And um, you know, uh, I think I've mentioned to you that uh, you know that's an event that I've uh, chaired for 15 consecutive years, and I was very pleased that we got it up. Again, this year, fifteenth year in a virtual format, and we had uh, very good attendance and uh, some really excellent speakers.
0: Yeah, I know that's kind of tough going from a sort of you know actual in-person type conference to doing something virtual. Um, but you had some amazing people on there. Some fab. We've been watching back some of these sessions, and uh, yeah, good session. So thank you for putting that on, first of all.
1: My pleasure. And we tried to broaden it out a bit more this year with things like. Uh, uh, the small modular reactors, and I, I think that was uh, popular. Those, those those broadening that out a bit.
0: Yeah, definitely. I th- I, th- I think it's quite good. You know, we try to do it as well, which is trying to help educate people about uranium because what we're seeing now is a lot more. Uh, well, new investors coming into into the world of investing, but also generalist investors who perhaps haven't considered uranium before. Um, all of them are asking so sort of you know questions, which I think is easy for people like. Yourself, or certainly even us, uh, to forget that you know people coming in that's new. So all of this, all of this is good, good information. But look, we're not here to talk about am We are here to talk about uh, energy fuels. Um, I want to start specifically with the recent announcement by the uh, U.S. House of Appropriations to uh, say no to the funding of the uranium reserve. How do you feel about that?
1: Well, look, and it was. Um something we we didn't want to have them say no to, but it's not like no, no. Um, They zeroed it and um, they basically said they didn't have enough information from the Department of Energy on how the program would be implemented. Um, I think and I believe the DOE is trying to answer those questions as we speak. Uh, The DOE is also looking for uh, other sources of funding the reserve. Uh, Secretary Briette um, have been out publicly saying that it has very strong support for the uranium reserve. Uh, the Senate is, is behind it, or at least the Republicans in the Senate is behind it. So, so it's um, uh, you know it is a setback, but it's a, it's, it's it's it really reflects on um, you know the differences between the Republican Party in the United States and and, and the, the the Democrats. So, uh, but we 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 are making progress um, with the government, bipartisan wise, because of the dependency on. Russia for uranium products and in in uh, China. So um, there is progress being made. It just isn't every day do you make a step forward, uh, but we are making steps forward, more steps forward than backwards.
0: Okay. So are you saying that the House turned that down purely in political reasons, or did someone not do their homework and provide the information that had been requested?
1: Yeah, it's 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 a combination of those things. Um, you know, we're. Um, Certainly, doing everything we can, um, you know, to, to get it back into uh, the House bill uh, and and unzero it. But um, uh, you know, the, these these appropriations are are like uh, you know, you know, trading uh, uh, exercises between the both parties and and different people's interests. But we have very strong support um, in in the Senate and and the DOE. Uh, and this increasing threat of uh, Russia and China, particularly Russia, for nuclear fuel products. So, so I think a lot of a number of Democrats are recognizing that, but um, some of the Democrats are opposing it for other reasons. And um, uh, you know, that's politics.
0: That's politics. So talk to me about. Okay, so that's not in your control. It was never in your control. It was something that you highlighted, but you've got to focus on things that are in your control. So what are you doing? that you can manage?
1: Well, look look at a lot of the work we've done, um, you know, through the 232 process of the Nuclear Fuel Working Group uh, and the strong policy statement that the Nuclear Fuel Working Group um, uh, report that came out of the the Working Group um, are still helping us on a lot of fronts, not just in appropriations, but also in some of the negotiations on the Russian suspension agreement. Um, The you know, basically, the working group uh, said that um, uh, it is a national security issue. Um, uh, receiving so much of our uranium from imports, and particularly from Russia, and so that is that's helping us in other areas. And um, so, you know, look, we're 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 still pushing on all fronts, uh, appropriations, uh, and our um, participation in the negotiation on the Russian suspension agreement. Uh, but we are managing the company on the company basis alone, um, not dependent on uh, government support I mean uh, you know we've we've seen you know some increases in uranium prices uh, over the last couple of months has kind of flattened out lately so um, look at we, you've got to multitask in this business if you don't multitask uh, uh, you you will not survive but uh, we're in very good position uh, amongst our peers and um, uh, we're very excited about the future.
0: Okay, so just sticking with the government components, um, if we may. So you have, over the past couple of years, been talking to people in DC, up on the hill, as you say, the phrase goes. Um, are you, have you made relationships? Again, have you made useful relationships and at what point do you start cashing in on those? Because at the moment they're not giving you what you want.
1: Yeah, look. at. Look the cashing in is the difficult part. Um, you know, we certainly have um, the strong relationships and in the, in, in, in the push of the administration. Um, but as I said, it, it, there, there's some indirects here that uh, that that we are cashing in on, and the nuclear fuel working group is one of them. Um, I think that um, take the Russian suspension agreement. Um, you know, that uh, expires at the end of this year, and um, there's active negotiations on 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 that front. But, um, for example, um, I think one of the, 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 the key issues with the Russian suspension agreement is that the nuclear fuel working group says that we're overly dependent on Russia and state-owned enterprises. So, so that, um, that's a very strong policy document, um, you know, basically prepared by about half of the president's cabinet. And uh, you know, I think that's something very powerful to, to, to use in those negotiations. So. Um, You know, so again, um, not always completely clear to particularly, uh, you know, some of our investors, but, um, you know, we are punching above our weight um, in DC on a lot of these fronts. Uh, It it is frustrating because it's taken a lot of time and we haven't seen the money in hand yet, but um, it it is getting through people's minds that we are uh, overly dependent on critical minerals, particularly uranium, vanadium, and rare earths. in the United States right
0: now. Okay, so that's really interesting to me. Okay, so these the strategic minerals, the critical minerals component is really interesting to me. So these relationships that, that are being formed or have been formed, they're recognizing this. But my view on this is politicians they always want something from you They don't necessarily going to give you anything back. So you are making you giving them a topic that they can promote themselves and their own agendas on, but do you seriously think that energy fuel is going to be able to capitalise on this? For instance, I know you've got been talking about rare earths recently. Do you, are you hearing things which l- make you think we need to lean a little bit towards rare earths because those are the sorts of noises coming from the hill?
1: Well, you know, you've heard me say it many times that we're first and foremost a Uranium production company, uh, but we do think that the, uh, the rare earth um, um, sector. Uh, fits very nicely in what we do, our core business, because we can recover the Uranium from a lot of these rare earths. Uh, A lot of our political uh, supporters uh, on the um, Uranium Reserve and the nuclear fuel cycle are also the exact same supporters for um, reducing our dependency on China for rare earths. So, uh, it all fits nicely together. And there is no company out there in the United States, none, not one, that is Got the optionality when you deal with these critical materials as energy fuels, with the mill and the vanadium, um, and uh, the potential for us to be—we we, believe—commercially producing uh, rare earth concentrate um, in the in the quite near term. So, um, so look at it. It's it's like I said. It's a lot of these indirects, um, but I think that a lot of the people that have been again supporting the the. Nuclear Fuel Working Group and, and the production of uh, nuclear uh, products in the United States, when they see that, that White Mesa could have um, multiple uses in the critical minerals area, uh, they're delighted. They're actually delighted to know that.
0: Okay. So people just people new to this, you're talking about the White Mesa mill, which you, you control um, and it's the, the only mill in the district which actually can with uranium, uh, vanadium and, and rare earth. so But we'll come back to that because I do want to come back to that. Um, and before we skip away from the RSA, the R- Russian Suspension Agreement, it's the date is 31st of December, end of this year. A decision needs to be announced or any time between now and then. Have you heard anything about what, is being discussed, are they going to come up with a decision anytime soon or are they going to leave it to the last minute? And if so, what type of deal do you think you're going to? we the, are going to see as a result?
1: That's that's the big question. Um, look, at, there is, uh, and I can't go into details because the number of people that are participating can only go into so much detail, but I can say this, that um, um, there is a, um, a, a push by um, the government to reduce quantities of uranium coming into the United States, where there is a push by um, the Russians and the utilities to increase the quantities of uh, uranium coming into the United States. So those are completely oppositely opposed, okay? And I think that is a rub. And as I said earlier, the Nuclear Fuel Working Group report says that, um, you know, we shouldn't be increasing our dependency on Russia. Um, there was an administrative, preliminary administrative review that was completed uh, a month or so ago by the Department of Commerce. And, um, you know, they basically said that um, the, the conclusion of this agreement uh, was largely being kind of gained by um, uh, some of these people that want more Uranium coming into the United States. And I think that shook up the utilities and and it should shake up the utilities and the Russians. So so look at it, it's um, you know, it it's 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 moving forward, I think it's a high priority for the government. I think it's a high priority for all the stakeholders in those renegotiations or negotiations. Uh, but I I will say watch this space because it is um, um, probably, well, without a doubt, getting the most attention, in my opinion, right now in the, in the uranium space um, globally again. And um, uh, I think that preliminary um, administrative review that said that even though the agreement that's in place right now was being, a, people were abiding by it, um, the fact that it was expiring and that um, a number of the utilities. Um, and the Russians were over contracting greater than the 20%, um, is um, creating some ripples in the water right now.
0: Right. So you, you say, watch this space. Do you mean watch this space in terms of timing? You think it's an imminent, or watch this space because you think the terms will change? I mean, what, what, what do you mean?
1: Well, look, it, w- the deadline is the end of this year, 31st of December 2020. But the administrative review process is, is ongoing and it was supposed to, I believe, terminate in early August and now that's been extended, extended by another couple months. So, um, it's just very much uh, in the works right now. And, um, you know, the outcomes are not certain, uh, but it is getting a lot of attention. And as I said, there's there's really two camps to reduce the quantities coming in the United States or increasing the quantities. And the Nuclear Fuel Working groups basically is saying, it shouldn't be increased, it should be um, extended or decreased. So, um, you know, this is, as I said, these are the kind of things that indirectly um, are uh, pieces to the puzzle that, that we were very much um, drivers of as energy fuels. And it is helping us right now on, on other fronts that are less um, uh, transparent because of the nature of the negotiations.
0: But I think it's now also apparent that the battle you were fighting, because you've got a uh, an argument of national security, you know, critical minerals to the U.S. being self-sufficient, and you know, which is which is one position. And the other position, one of the parties in all of this was not aligned, and that's the utilities who are taking a commercial decision, and you would argue, short-sightedly, um, because they wanted the cheapest possible product. They want more of this, more and cheaper for longer. So that was the battle you were fighting. And these guys had um, big, uh, deep pockets in terms, in terms of their lobbyists. I mean, that seems to me a big part of what was going on in all of this.
1: Well, look, look um, and again, we, we have very good relationships with, with uh, many of the utilities and, and I've delivered Uranium to many of them for decades. Um, But yeah, no, they're 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 they're, and and I I give you know the utilities are, you know, looking at cost and and they're trying to manage their uh, their businesses as as they have to. Um, So, um, but but look, I think that um, for you know small company like energy fuels and the uranium industry, because it's not just energy fuels fighting this 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 battle, um, but mainly energy fuels has taken the biggest. Position, I guess, in 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 pushing the forward. Um, you know. I think we have, as I've always used that phrase, of you know, we punched above our weight. You know, I mean, these, they, these utilities are very significant uh, organizations, you know, and, and with you know multiples and multiples of billions of, of, of revenue per year. So, so look at it's a, uh, you know, that's that's why I said we're gonna we're gonna keep pushing on all those fronts. Um, we're not gonna give up. We are not gonna give up. Um, and um, But at the same time, we're going to manage our business based on uh, the, the market fundamentals.
0: Okay. Well, okay. Big discussion, lots of unknowns. The timing is, well, we know there's a, there's a stop date at the end of this year for the RSA, and that seems a big moment for utilities, as does the US election. And that's another big moment. And I, I know there's a consensus uh, that nuclear is part of the solution or both both sides of the house. But the Democrats, a little bit less so than the Republicans, I think I'm hearing from you. So I think even the utilities um, will be wanting to understand what the outcome of that election is. But that, that then has an impact on, on timing because things don't, the dust doesn't usually settle from a U.S. election until you know February, March. And then maybe there's a shake-up, even if the incumbents stay in. So again, what does that do for timing around utilities, decision-making, term contracts, etc.? How do you feel about that?
1: You know look at it, it there, there's there's a lot of uncertainty and and, and uncertainty is uncertainty and and um, so look look at as I said we're preparing ourselves um, for any eventuality uh, you know you 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 know we, we we did pay down half of our convertible debt uh, we're looking at the other half on how to best address that um, you know we're increasing our inventories um, but we do think that um, you know as you know as I said, the, the, there's uncertainty, but I, I think that um, uh, you know, if there is an administration change, um, they're 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 talking more negatively about hydrocarbons than they are nuclear, and actually, to a certain extent, uh, supportive of nuclear as being important uh, to get to zero carbon emissions. So you know, look, and I don't want to uh, speculate, over speculate here, Matt, um, but I think you've um, seen over over time that you know. You know, you know, we are a company that positions ourselves aggressively but not recklessly uh, when it comes to the overall picture of the company. And we will be uh, the survivor or ace, you know, one of the survivors um, uh, in this space. And uh, because of the way we manage the company now and going
0: forward. Okay, I get that. So, one, one last kind of macro point here. Okay. So, you producers. You, you know, you're a producer, right? the Largest in the U.S., uh, the chemicals of this world, and I guess the, like even the uh, the Kaz-Atom problems of this world. You have relationships with utilities all around the world, and I know you can't badmouth them. You've got relations, professional relationships with these guys, but it's been a sort of deeply frustrating process for all producers for the last couple of years, has it not? Um, to have this this fight, this this debate um, around pricing, you need a certain price to be able to get back into production and you need to be incentivized to do so. Um, so get back to the question which is what do you think the timing is for utilities recognizing that if they don't push the button soon, you guys aren't going to be able to get it back into production and give them the, 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 the pounds that they need when they want it?
1: Yeah, look, um, that's that's those are the trade-offs, and and I think that um, you know some of the utilities uh, understand that and appreciate that. Um, some some of the utilities don't. You know, they think that total dependence on the Russians, uh, uh, you know, is is, is fine. Um, I mean, even companies like Cameco, um, you know, some think well we'll be totally dependent on you know our allies, and and. You know, we we have no uranium production in Canada right now. Uh, the production is dwindling in in Australia with the shutdown of Ranger at the uh, well be at the beginning of 2021. So the Western world, I mean, that's the that's the clash. It's really the state-owned enterprises in the Western world. That's the clash. You you need higher prices, substantially higher prices for the the entire. World, including the Western world, to continue to survive in the uranium industry. Um, you know, some of the state-owned enterprises um, maybe a little less so, even though a lot of them are not as uh, low cost as people want to think. Um, so that—that's the clash. You know, do you want a diversified uh, supply chain, or do you just want to get all your product from state-owned enterprises? So, um, you know, yeah, that's the—that's the uncertainty there.
0: Okay, well, let's talk about something you just mentioned, which is obviously you've um, partly paid down the convertible, um, which is due at the end of this year. You paid down some ten point four three million bucks. You've got the same again due at the end of the year. So, why why did you go early on the payment, and what are you going to do about the end of the year payment?
1: Well, look, we. We wanted to show the market that we were you know managing that debt convertible debt and that was about 10 million Canadian um, and we thought it was a, a prudent step to pay half of it um, we're still looking at how to best address the the other half um, we have um, the, the ability to convert that into shares uh, and I think it's a, like a, a 20-day VWAP uh, at about a 5% discount at the end of the year, if we elect to do that, or pay it off in cash. Um, but you know, Matt, um, I think I've told you, uh, you know, having been in this business for over 40 years, I, I've seen these companies get in trouble because of debt um, on a number of occasions, and um, you know, that is that is an area that I, um, I is is close to my heart to not get over leveraged on debt and. And at the same time, there are a number of the Uranium guys that are taking on more convertible debt and we're going the opposite direction, which is a differentiator. No one else that I know of, uh, of in, in our space has actually been paying off debt. Um, you know, they've been taking on more debt than, um, um, you know, as, as, they, as they go forward. So, So, watch it. We'll pick our moment and we'll address the debt. No later than the end of the year, maybe sooner, um, but uh, we want to make sure that we, we do it on our terms.
0: Is selling down some of your inventory a possibility? So, again, looking at the numbers, so if you've got about 21 to 23 million bucks worth of uranium, you've got about eight to nine million bucks of vanadium. Um, I know the prices are low, but if needs must, would you consider selling that down?
1: Okay, in, anything is, is, is possible. Um, we we like holding the inventory because we, we think the market is poised um, to to reward us for having that inventory. Um, by by the end of this year, we'll have in the order close to seven hundred thousand pounds of, of inventory close. Um, so you know, it's our objective not to sell the inventory down until the prices are at higher levels. Um, uh, yeah, look look, at, there's a number of ways to to uh, address the debt. Um, but, um, you know, we would really like to see, uh, you know, the, the continued increases in um, uh, Uranium and Vanadium prices, particularly Uranium prices to get a bigger lift out of the, the uh, you know, out of, out of that inventory.
0: So, do you think it'd be cheaper to refinance your debt rather than pay it off or sell off inventory because the upside on inventory could be more significant well, to you?
1: The inventory we carry on the like uranium is like twenty three dollars per pound, and currently the price around thirty three. You know that's how we carry it on our books, um, for accounting purposes. And um, so you know we've got a you know about a ten dollar lift, you know, you know just on the uranium price itself. So you know that's that's material uh, to us. Um, We we think there's more upside for. uh, inventory than downside. Um, you know, you don't get any money in uh, your accounts. Uh, you know, any more. Uh, uh, you know, interest-bearing accounts. So, you know, we're, we're pretty comfortable having. Um, you know, this. You know, inventory that we can liquidate uh, quite quickly if we need to when the time's right.
0: Okay, but there's some good news, Mark. I think I've solved your problem because I've spoken to of, of cash flow. I've, I've spoken to five companies, who are going to be tolling through your mill. Which is great news.
1: Yeah, no, that's uh, very interesting news because none of them have called us to ask us about that. No, oh,
0: of them.
1: Okay. oh. <laughs> um, I. Um, it, it seems like every week I, I see another, um, uh, you know, press release or something that shows a picture of our mill, and they didn't even ask permission of to, to use the, the the picture of the mill. Um, yeah, look, I, I need to clean this up because it's it's not right for people to just assume they're going to have access to the mill uh, because they don't have access to the mill. Uh, anyone, there is we have no milling agreements at this point in time. Um, in the event we, we we decide we're going to uh, give, we probably won't give it out. Uh, a milling agreement, uh, we'll announce that. But um, for all our investors, or any investors, any of those other companies no one has access to the mill except for energy fuels. So, um, yeah, it's um, it's amazing how um, they all um, they chime in and show pictures of the mill um, and how it's close by and um, in, inferring that they have access to it, Well, they don't.
0: Okay. Now I just, I just wanted to, because I know I've spoken to you at least a couple of times before, you've been very clear with me, but we keep seeing it and I just wanted to give you the chance. To, and to That's the most direct you've been with us. So I do appreciate that as well. Um, one, one more thing, if I may. You, the, the other thing that's happening um, is there's a lot of Australian ASX listed juniors coming and picking up Uranium assets in the US and they're getting funded. They're, they're raising money off the back of this. I mean, why why haven't all of these amazing uranium assets in the U.S. been picked up before?
1: Well, there's a lot of uranium assets in the United States, and and a lot of these these properties that people are picking up, they're not permitted. Um, now, I, there may be a, one or two that are permitted, but a lot of them are not permitted. Um, you know, and and over the last um, uh, 20 years or so, I mean, um, like in our case, you know, we've We've picked up, well, you know, we, many of our uh, projects are permitted, um, have a, a long-term production a history and recent production histories. Um, you know, there's only uh, so much space um, in in the market. Um, you know, getting permits is very, very difficult, um, and there are other companies that do have some permitted assets. So, um, so look, look, I don't, I, I, I don't know. Um, you know, to pick up unpermitted assets, um, uh, to not having access to the mill, uh, very speculative kind of investments. They have been raising money on it, um, and and frankly, frankly, a lot of these projects on the Colorado Plateau are of lesser risk um, and probably easier to get to market than a lot of these other uranium uh, deposits that some people are promoting outside of the United States. So there's a long production history uh, in the U.S. So so look, you know, there's there's different invest investments for different um, groups and, um, and investors. So um, you know, just all I would say is people need to know what they're investing in, and if they're comfortable with that, that's fine. That's their choice.
0: It's always their choice. Why didn't you pick them up?
1: We don't need any more assets. We 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 have, um, you know, we 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 have assets in about what six seven different states. Um, most of our assets are permitted. Um, you know, most of them are. Um, you know, you know, recently have been worked, and and the underground workings are in good shape. Uh, the you know the mill has been operable. Uh, you know, Nichols Ranch has been operable. You know, Alta Mesa. So, you know, we we don't need to own the Western United States. That's that's it's it's costly, and and there's a point where. Um, you know, it just makes absolutely no sense to have more assets.
0: Okay. Um, question sent in. Uh, wouldn't it make sense for energy fuels to now step in as a buyer? They need ore for the white mesa mill. They want Uranium, they want Vanadium. Uh, the Sunday mine complex is basically next door. This might be a fun ride going forward. Any plans? Look,
1: the, I, I'm not going to say we're not going to buy Uranium in the future. Um, because that's the history of the district. But, to put it into perspective, uh, over the last 10 or 15 years, um, there have been times when we have had milling agreements and, um, and we have perhaps bought some ore from people, but it turned out to be just a very small percentage of the production that came out of White Mesa Mill. and I don't know the exact number, but Know probably in the order of maybe 10% of the production that came out of White Mesa came from other mines, okay, that were not owned by our company. So um, now look at that, can be variable, um, but you know, the reason we don't and haven't paid a lot of attention in this market is one, the prices are too low, and two, historically, um, other people may have, uh, you know, the aspirations of becoming producers but very few can actually really contribute in a material way uh, in the mill. Now you know if the price of uranium is $75 a pound or something like that, uh, you know that could change to some extent. But as I said, we already have a number of mines ready to go that we have we've operated within the last year. And um, these mines that were mined 30 40 years ago and nobody's mined them since, I hate to think of the condition they're in. Is that a no? So, look, at, we're we, we 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 still control the district with our white mason mill, 100 percent owned, um, and um, that's because we've spent the money to keep it in good working order over all the years. Anyone who wants to build another mill. They can go out and get the permits and construct another mill for several hundred million dollars. That is always open to the realm of possibilities.
0: So that's that's a no plans anytime soon to go and have a conversation around MA with Western uranium and vanadium?
1: Well, it's subject to change in if, for example, if the US government decided or the price of Uranium increases to a level where it's economic to have um, those discussions. Um, I'm I'm not saying we're not going to have those discussions because if we can get material into the mill and that helps us, uh, we're we're not going to, you know, why would we turn our head to that? We will not turn our head to that. But I'm just saying that right now we have no agreements with anyone. Okay. So, no one should just assume they have access to the mill right now. They should not assume that. And, um, you know, but things can change. And, um, and we are absolutely in the driver's position with the mill. And um, the, the material from our, our projects will take first priority over anybody else's material.
0: I hear you. Okay, Mark, good catch up. Thank you very much for that.
1: We didn't uh, talk much about the rare earths, and 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 this oh yeah. Is,
0: Sorry, you're right. Let's do exciting, it. Let's
1: do it. spot for us, Matt, and and again a huge differentiator. Um, you know, um, so you know we're we're still uh, advancing our efforts uh, on the rare earths. I hope to have um, more news flow on that front. Um, you know, in the coming months, um, it has by no means gone away. Uh, people that I, I know, say that oh, we'll never do anything there, whatever. I tell them they're they're full of baloney. We're going to do things in the rare earth space, um, and um, and you know, it's it, it certainly getting a lot of attention. It certainly has bipartisan support. Um, the the rare earths and dependency on China. So um, I, all I can say is watch the space, but. Um, uh, we are advancing things, but we can only kind of you know unveil things as, as you know as we, we kind of close them out. But we're still testing material at White Mesa um, and um, we're getting a lot of interest in it. And so if you talk to people in the the rare earth sector, um, those that know about um, sort of you know what we're doing and, and our aspirations, um, I think you'll find that that many of them will say, that we're in a very unique spot here, very unique spot.
0: And I've got to and ask you. I've i don't got to
1: think ask the recognizing that, right now. No, I
0: say no here. I, I, and I've got to ask only because I'm so pleased at the way I can pronounce this. Which, how are discussions with Constantine karianopoulos
1: well Well, Constantine um, is an advisor to us. He 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 just recently went from non-executive chairman to CEO of Neo Performance Materials. So. That's a company that he founded and and developed uh, back in uh, what, 25 years ago. Um, But no, no, look at we, Constantine and I talk on a routine basis and Rocco Kelly. And um, um, so we've got a very good relationship with those two gentlemen. And, um, you know, both of them work for um, Mountain Pass and Mollycore. And I think if you saw, Mountain Pass Materials announced that they're going to have uh, a list, of 1.5 billion dollar rare earth company, um, you know, on the Mountain Pass deposit in operations, and and that 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 got some attention in the market, and uh, that's why I I think that um, you know we're not getting any uh, uh, differentiated value with our peers in the uranium space but then we have this, you know, what I consider a very significant opportunity in rare earth space and still be able to recover Uranium from those streams. So, you know, basically what we're proposing to do is exactly what CNNC is doing in China right now, uh, treating monocyte streams of material, recovering the Uranium um, and going through the stream of further downstream uh, rare earth processing. And White Mesa is the only other facility that I know of in the world outside of that facility that can do effectively the same thing in, in, in you know, given some time. So watch it. Watch it. And um, I am extremely excited about this. And I think this is uh, uh, one of the Best opportunities I've seen in my entire career. in earth space and how it blends in with energy fuels. So, we
0: will we will watch it. You know we're excited by it. Um, we've spoken enough um, rare earth companies. We know the restrictions that they have around processing outside of China. So I do, I do get that. Um, I'm eager to sort of see what does happen over the next few months, this side of Christmas. Hopefully, in terms of how you're moving that one forward and the, and who you're having those conversations with. So you know, keep, keep us up to date, you know, pick up the phone like you, like you always do.
1: We'll keep you up to date. And um, and as I said, um, uh, yeah, some exciting times ahead. Um, it's a tough business, but you got to know how to navigate it. And I, I don't say that I know exactly how to navigate it at all times, but after over 40-years in this business, uh, you got to be tough, you got to be tenacious um, and you got to be aggressive, but not reckless.